They say that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, generally, that's a true statement. But in this case, there really isn't much mind left in D. Scott's head anyway, so the only thing we're really wasting here is your time. Welcome inside the mind of D. Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. and run another episode of Inside the Mind of D. Scott. Well, that would be me, D. Scott, not Inside the Mind of D. Scott. That would be a very strange name for me to have. I'm just D. Scott. Thank you so much for uh, for listening. I appreciate it, right? If you could help me out, hit the follow, subscribe, like button, whatever it is that your platform uses. That would be awesome. Could always use some more friends and tell your friends about the podcast. Share the podcast with friends. Be like, this guy uh, talks about nonsense for a little while and it's kind of a nice escape to just listen to him spew some stuff. So how you doing? You holding up okay? I mean, we're still kind of dealing with the pandemic. I know things are getting looser and our restrictions and regulations are lightening up a little bit, but still kind of under the pandemic restrictions. I'm not going to lie. I had a tough week. Uh, I've talked about my battle with depression on past podcasts. I had to kind of come back this week and it was, it was scary for me. I kind of noticed it and I was like, oh no, I felt myself sliding back into a depression and uh, I, I found a way to snap out of it and Got lightened up a little bit, and uh, I'm feeling better today. Felt better last night, but during the week, man, it was tough. So I had a very short fuse. I'd like to apologize to anyone that I might have snapped on or just kind of, you know, went off, whatever I did. You know, I was just kind of a jerk to you. I uh, wasn't really feeling like myself. It wasn't you. It wasn't anything that you did. It was me just uh, dealing with self-doubt and, and nonsense like that. And I get it. Self-doubt is a, uh, is a bad thing. Like, we all have it. We're all kind of questioning ourselves, but this week I was a little bit hard on myself and uh, going to try to snap out of that and, and get the ball rolling on a few things and uh, just make it happen. I'm my harshest critic, just like anyone else is. You know, you're, you're always your hardest critic. Well, I'm definitely mine, so I got to get the ball rolling on some stuff and start doing it, putting it out to the universe to, to help me make it happen. So I got I to gotta lay off on the uh, self-doubt. That's, that's for sure. Uh, I want to continue on with the uh, with the trend of taking my Facebook topics that I got a few week back, few weeks back, and uh, talking about that stuff. And I went through some stuff, you know, a couple of the topics, and I was kicking around some ideas. And my boy Scotty Blaine, his uh, his suggestion was obnoxious Red Sox fans, and uh, I think I'm going to touch on that. But I'm not going to do obnoxious Red Sox fans. I'm going to do obnoxious sports fans in general. I will talk about the Red Sox fan base and why I think there's a lot of them that are extremely obnoxious. Uh, it's more of the younger fans, I find, that are a little bit worse than the older fans, especially being a Yankee fan. I deal with it quite a bit. Um, I think with the older Red Sox fans, they know what it's like to not be a good team. They know what it's like to suck. And they went for the, what, 86 years or something like that without winning anything. And the Yankees were dominant for the most part, while the Red Sox were the bottom feeders. And uh, so, you know, those Red Sox fans that dealt with that and understand what it's like to just enjoy and love a team that is absolute trash, they're a little bit more level-headed. And I find that uh, the newer fans who have only known success as a, Yan or a Red Sox fan, same thing goes for Yankee fans, by the way, but for the Red Sox fans that have only known great great Red Sox teams and I will give them all the credit the years that they won the World Series and they have been very very good the past couple of decades uh, and won all those World Series would they win like four or five World Series in the past two decades or so or maybe more I could be wrong um, but the fans don't know what it's like to 
love or cheer for a crappy team. They have no idea. So they just know the dominance that has been the Red Sox since uh, 06, 04, 04, since 2004, I think it was, when they won their first World Series. And they came back against the Yankees, down three games to none, and the Yankees lose the ALCS to the Red Sox, and the Red Sox go on to win the World Series. They're first and in, in 86 years. Sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it. When you when you cheer for a team or you root for a team, it's the same thing. That's redundant. Um, when you're a fan of a team that knows nothing but success, you have this air of arrogance to you, and you walk around like, we're so much better. And let's face it, I mean, the Yankees have only won a World Series in 2009. They have owned that, well, <coughs> since recent, we'll, we'll talk recently. Obviously, you know, the Reds, the Yankees go to is the, uh, the 27 World Championships, but uh, recently, the the only thing they've done was back in 2009. And yes, they've been a great team and had over 100 wins a couple of seasons and always been in contention and making the playoffs, but they have not been that dominant team. So the Red Sox fans feel like, well, here we go. Like, we have it on you now. We're the better team. So I think that's where you get the obnoxious fans. And now, see, the same thing goes for the Yankee fans. Or, yeah, we'll, we'll talk Yankee fans and I'll get to other stuff in a second. Um, Yankee fans are the same way. If you grew up, you know, becoming a, if you became a Yankee fan in the nineties, you've known nothing but Yankee dominance for quite some time. Okay. Um, through the nineties, early two thousands, the Yankees were absolutely fantastic. They had a stretch of like 20, 21 years, 22 years of making the playoffs, won a few world series in there between the nineties and the early two thousands. Obviously, uh, in the nineties, they were extremely good late nineties. Um, and uh, early 2000s, also very good, except for in 2001 when they lost to the uh, to the Diamondbacks. But, you know, they beat the Mets and they've beat the Braves and they beat the Phillies in 2009. And the Yankee fans that are, that are younger know nothing but that dominant Yankee team. Well, some of us are a little bit older and remember what it was like from 1978 until 1994 or 95 when the Yankees finally got off the fucking pine. Um, you know, they, they, they made the world series in, in 78, I believe it was and played the Dodgers. They lost that world series through the eighties. The Yankees were terrible. George Steinbrenner made some big money moves and tried to get in these, you know, big name players, but nothing ever worked out. They didn't win any world series. I mean, we had great players, a few here and there between Ricky Henderson, Dave Winfield, Don Mattingly, uh, Willie Randolph was on the team. Danny Pasqua. There you go, Eddie. That's for Eddie Hernandez, Danny Pasqua. Uh, who else was in it? But then they had like Steve Balboni, and uh, I couldn't even tell you who the catcher was in those days because it just completely slips my mind. But they were terrible through the 80s. I used to go to games when I was a kid, and uh, they were they were not good. They, they, they were not good. The fans, you know, it's not like the stadium was packed whatsoever. We, you could sit wherever you wanted to for the most part. So, and also, um, I also, but the, the, the younger fans, sorry, I, I want to get back to that. The younger fans who have known nothing but Yankee dominance for the past, you know, whatever it's been a couple decades, you know, those two decades or whatever, you know, they're still a really good team. Don't get me wrong, but they've always known a great team. So that's what they know. And, oh, we're great. And bah, bah, bah. and I'm like, man, you gotta, you gotta chill out. And on top of the fact, I feel like those obnoxious fans are, are more casual fans or just ignorant fans that don't really understand baseball. Uh, if you talk to a real baseball fan, 
who has a favorite team, myself, the Yankees, uh, my friend Matt Halleck, he's a Yankee fan. My boy, may he rest in peace, Danny Bruno was a gigantic Red Sox fan, but he hated the Yankees, but he would give respect to the Yankees because he understood baseball. We, we all grew up playing the game and, and understand the game and follow the game a little bit more and more intelligently. So to know and recognize good teams and talent and uh, to be a fan of the actual game as opposed to just a fan of the team makes a big difference when you're cheering on or when you're a fan. And it helps you kind of, you know, you can look at things a little bit more level-headed when you are a fan of the actual sport that's being played. Um, and, and that's really where I think the difference is between your your normal Yankee fans or normal sports team fan, we'll say, insert your team here, and the, excuse me, and the obnoxious ones is uh, lack of knowledge and understanding of the game that's being played. Uh, you also get that in, in football with uh, certain Patriots fans who only like the Patriots because of their dominance uh, and don't really give credit to other teams that are very, very good. Now, don't get me wrong. For the past 20 years, the Patriots have been absolutely dominant, but that doesn't take away from great teams like the Green Bay Packers or um, let me think, you know, when, you know, when Peyton Manning was on the Denver Broncos or, in, or even in Indianapolis, they were really good. The New York Giants under uh, Eli Manning, which is very hard for me to say because I'm a Cowboy fan at heart. So uh, giving credit to any AFC East team other than the Cowboys is difficult. But Eli Manning in the, in the New York Giants, they were they had some really, really good football teams. They really did. But that's not to say or take and, and, and giving teams credit, by the way, doesn't take away from how amazing your team still is. Like you we we run into this quite a bit where we don't appreciate the greatness that we're watching on the field um or on the on the on the sports whatever it may be the court the field um that's pretty much it a quarter of field that's kind of where you play a golf course but that's it's a course uh, and that's not what we're talking about because you don't run into too many ignorant obnoxious golf fans but um you know I I don't understand I I will give LeBron James credit for being an absolutely fantastic basketball player. He is one of the greats. I don't think he's the greatest of all time. I just think he's one of the greats and I acknowledge his greatness, but that doesn't mean I'm a fan of the man. It just means I recognize greatness when I see it, but I, and I I don't go out of my way to trash the guy, but he doesn't do, there are times where he does things that you just go, are you kidding me? Like really? And, and it's, I can understand why people hate on him in certain circumstances because he actually makes it very easy to not be a fan of his, but that doesn't make him any less of a great basketball player. Okay. Um, I wasn't the biggest Kobe Bryant fan, but I understand how amazing he is. And it's, you know, that's just me. Like, yeah, he was an amazing basketball player. He really, really was. He had that killer instinct, the eye of the tiger, if you will, to go out there and had just had that desire to win and to be great when he was on the court. Um, I think he might have been considered even better if that's if that's a if you can consider you know Kobe Bryant even better if he was a more rounded player. Um, you know the amount of shots he put up during a game compared to assists. Um, I don't know much of his defensive record, but I know he shot the ball a lot, and I understand it. But I, I kind of run into that whole that sounds to me like not really having confidence in the rest of your team. Um, Jordan had that too, where he was like, no, listen, I'm going to put the, I'm going to put the team on my shoulders and we're going to ride with it. And, uh, he did that quite a bit and, and both Kobe and Michael 
were extremely successful in doing so. So it's not to say that it was completely wrong, but you know, I I'm a Jordan fan. Uh, I always, you know, I have been since God, 1988, 1989, somewhere in there. And um, you know, Jordan had that desire to win and yeah, he probably could have passed more, I guess, but at at a certain point like before Scottie Pippen became the Scottie Pippen we all know and love, Jordan really wasn't surrounded by anything in particular that you were like, "Woo!" Like he played with Charles Oakley, but Charles Oakley wasn't the wasn't the oak that we knew, you know. He he played with guys that were kind of trash early on in his career and Pippen came along and and really developed and blossomed into a top 50 of all time player. Um I put him in He's definitely up there in the top 20, I think, in my book, as greatest players of all time. Pippen was a beast, and Jordan made everyone around him better. He did. You know, he he really did. Would you know the names of Luke Longley or John Paxton or Steve Kerr or B.J. Armstrong or Craig Hodges or um, uh, Bill Cartwright or Wennington? Was it Cliff Bill Wennington? The Wennington, whatever the hell his first name was. But he made those guys like household, not household names, but names that people knew that followed basketball because Jordan was on that team and he made all those guys better. So I just what what I'm getting at as I rambled there for quite some time, as a matter of fact, I'm not even sure what I said. Uh, I think we need to (coughs) be able to recognize greatness while we're, you know, living through it. We we get that a lot. And, you know, with the um, like with the passing of DMX, like. You're, it always takes a death of someone for us, it seems, to realize their greatness. Like the saying is, why can't we just give them their flowers while they're still here? And uh, with D, with DMX, I feel like that was that we had that moment when he had his verses with Snoop Dogg. Like that verses was amazing. And uh, we gave him his flowers while he was here. We celebrated his musical library. It was one of the best verses that I had ever seen. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I was a DMX fan early on. So I don't understand why we, why we have to do this. Like I'll go back to my baseball chat, uh, Dustin Pedroia or, or even David Ortiz, um, Manny Ramirez, those guys, man, I respected the hell out of them. I respected uh, Pedroia a lot more than the other guys because Pedroia seemed to do it clean and uh, it was kind of like how Red Sox fans would look at Derek Jeter, where Jeter was very, very good, and the Red Sox fans hated him, but they had to show the respect to the man because he had a, an extremely successful and long career in baseball, and he did it the right way. He was quiet. He went out. He played the game, and and that was pretty much it. You didn't hear a lot about him, and it's unfortunate that Pedroia's career was cut short because of injuries and stuff like that, but he was one of those guys on the Red Sox that I respected the hell out of. I, I hated Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz because they always killed the Yankees. And um and and I don't necessarily and, and there there was, you know, they have the shadows of the uh HGH and all that shit hanging over them without admitting to it. And I get it that there are Yankee guys that have that same stuff, Roger Clemens, Andy Pettit, although Pettit did come forth and say, I did it. Like, here's why I did it, but I did it. Uh and I'm not making excuses for the guy, but at least he owned up to it. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, like I get it, like I I understand the, the steroids loom over these guys' heads, but uh, what I'm saying is, you know, I'm I'm not stupid or ignorant enough to look at guys like Pedroia and not have respect for that man and the way he played the game of baseball. And uh, same way, Red Sox fans, good Red Sox fans, look at Derek Jeter. Like, how do you look at Derek Jeter's career and go, he sucked? And I know there's people out there that go, he sucked. 
there's the one Hall of Fame voter that voted uh, didn't vote for him for the unanimous uh, into the uh, the unanimous decision to get him into the Hall of Fame. Mariano Rivera, another one um, that Red Sox fans or any fans of baseball will look at Mo and go, this guy was a beast. Like he was extremely good and he did it with one pitch. And he was very, very dominant and the best player, uh, the best closer of all time. Like it's, it's really hard to debate that, you know? So I think we just need to be a little bit more level-headed when we're looking at sports. So Blaine, I hope, hopefully, Scotty, I, uh, I, I did your topic justice on this one. I, I understand the obnoxious sports fans that are out there. I don't understand them, but I understand that they are out there. Um, I just think, and they're not going to change. Like, it's not going to, they're going to come across my podcast and go, oh, he's right. I should be different. And, and, you know, it's like me talking politics and making sense about shit. But you believe what you believe, and, and that's where you're going to stay. Um, but that's how I feel we should look at stuff. That's how I feel we should look at, you know, being a fan of sports or anything is, is looking at it level-headed. Politics included, anything. You look at it level-headed, uh, things make a lot more sense if you're, if you're clearly looking at everything. If you weigh out all the options and you go middle of the road and look at stuff logically. So I think it needs to be a, a more commonplace. Unfortunately, it's not. And uh, we're going to deal with it. We're going to deal with obnoxious Red Sox fans, obnoxious Patriot fans, obnoxious Giants fans, obnoxious Yankee fans, obnoxious Dodger fans or Tiger fans. Or Tampa Bay Rays fans, whatever. They're all going to be out there because, well, turns out uh, most people are assholes. That, that's really what it boils down to. So just go about your business, kind of let it go. You know, if they want to kind of get on social media after the Yankees lose and, and try to talk shit, let them. You don't have to respond to it. Just just let it be. You know, you don't just don't feed into their bullshit so that they're basically talking to the wall. And let it go. And try your best to not be uh, uh, the a-hole Yankee fan, okay? Because the Yankee fan base is one of the most hated fan bases out there. Because we're lumped into the group with all the asshole fans. So, you know, not all of us Yankee fans or Red Sox fans or insert sports team fans are assholes. There's a lot of us that aren't. So try to look at things a little bit more level-headed. I think you'll, uh, you'll get along a lot better. That's just my personal opinion, which is really what this podcast is all about. Uh, if you want to throw me an email, throw me or, you know, actually email me. Don't throw it at me. I don't know how you're going to digitally throw something at me. It's dscottradio at yahoo.com. Gladly talk about anything you want to on the podcast. Um, if I don't have a thought on it, I will read your topic and come up with a thought on it. And uh, we can we can discuss it. Or I can discuss it alone in a room by myself with a bunch of equipment. Anyway, uh, so that's it. That's the podcast. Hopefully this one made sense. I don't know. Kind of blacked out there. I feel like uh, Will Ferrell in old school when he does the debate. And he's like, what did I do? What happened? I blacked out there. I just said a whole lot of shit. I really hope it makes a lot of sense. Time to go. Got to run. And uh, listen, until next week, next Saturday, I'll drop another podcast. Pick another topic off my Facebook page um, that was out there. Maybe we'll do uh, Power of Positivity or... You know, basketball then and now, which was a topic that was that was thrown at me. The history of polka music. Uh, I have to get some knowledge on the history of polka music, just what I know about polka music growing up in a Polish family that had a polka band. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. I'll go through some of my topics and try to figure it out. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a great week. Stay positive. Stay healthy. Uh, you maybe do some meditation or whatever. Shout out to my man, Jay Will, for getting his his shit right, too. Talked to my boy earlier this week, and he said he's he's getting his mind right and doing daily meditations and stuff. So 
Um, that's it. I got to go. I'm, I'm just rambling on at this point. So that's the podcast. We'll drop another one next Saturday. Thanks for listening.